As you may or may not know, we've been sharing the benefits of saffron with our community for a little while now. Growing up in a Persian family, I'd been aware of the benefits of saffron because of its prevalence in my mother's cooking. But as we began on the journey to create our own line of saffron-based products, I began to learn the powerful science behind the plant. Saffron has been used by many cultures for thousands of years, and now the research is backing it up, proving that just 30 milligrams of saffron per day is a natural source for enhanced emotional and physical well-being. At the fullest, we believe that incorporating ancient wisdom into our modern lives is one of the most powerful and accessible paths to healing. We also believe that everyone's journey is unique. So for our latest launch, we've created a line of saffron products in a variety of formats to help you curate saffron in your personal daily routine. Warm Feelings is our saffron latte powder and comes in individual sachets and in larger sustainable glass jars. Made with just certified high-grade saffron, organic coconut powder, and cardamom, it's the perfect coffee alternative and feel-good start to your day. If you prefer to pop a pill, Kinder Thoughts is our 30-day supply of saffron capsules and a super simple way to support your body and mood with the power of saffron. And if you're looking to strengthen your immune system, try our Mindful Immunity Syrup. This healing blend uses saffron to reduce inflammation, but also harnesses the power of ancient Middle Eastern barberries to fight infection, along with sea buckthorn and elderberries, all in a base of manuka honey to aid in antibacterial healing. It's a true immunity powerhouse. Honestly, at the moment, I'm using each of these products on a daily basis, depending on my needs. And to help you begin your own saffron journey, we're offering a discount of 15% off just for our podcast listeners with code the fullest podcast at checkout. I hope you enjoy your new daily saffron ritual. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Fullest Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Bostwick, and today's guest is Britta Plug, who's a co-founder of Wildling, a gua sha brand, and she's a licensed holistic esthetician and health coach with over 17 years of experience. She's been deemed by some as the queen of holistic beauty, and she began combining the two disciplines after noticing the undeniable connection between beauty and wellness. Hi, Britta. Hi, so happy to be here, Nikki. So happy to have you on. I feel like it's been a long time coming. I know we did that um, event back, um, I think, like, yeah, 2019 in New York. And I learned so much about your journey, and it was so fun. But I'm excited to share that with everyone else on our podcast. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I almost forgot about that event. It feels like a lifetime ago. I know it was so long ago that the world has completely changed since then, but it's crazy to think that it was only a few months before all this went down. Truly. Yeah. But I'm really excited to chat because I mean, I love wildling. I love what you guys are doing. And, and more importantly, I also just, I really appreciate your perspective and I know that um we'll get into this but like you kind of had this upbringing in France where you um had a more holistic approach than most people do here in the states and then um and then I think it's uh, for me I'm really excited to get into like the Botox conversation 
because like we just really believe in doing what's best for you and mental health number one but i just i think it's really important to talk about the um the issues when it comes to Botox and fillers and why we really should consider the natural alternatives and what those are. So um, before we get into all that, I want to just kind of hear your story about being an esthetician, um, getting to that place with your journey and, and also starting Wildling. Awesome. Um, I'll try and do the not like super circuitous long version. <laughs> so I did, I was born in Canada. We moved to Germany when I was 11, just turned 11 and lived in this region in the very South of Germany on the border of Austria and Switzerland, where there's this oh, like wow. gorgeous lake and rolling hills and orchards and vineyards. And the air is really clean and clear and people actually with lung ailments um, would be sent to that. That was one of the regions people were sent to sort of like heal because of like the very pure environment. And I was introduced to wellness there, like very old school German hydrotherapy is popular. We happened to have a sauna in our house. It wasn't like a fancy big house or anything like that. It was pretty standard, but it just happened to have a sauna in the basement. Wow. And there was, yeah, um, there were thermal baths just over the Swiss border. And um, one of my good friends, her father, that was like his favorite thing to do on the weekends was to go to like the thermal baths and the saunas and all of these things. And so I dug it and would just like, invite myself along basically anytime oh, they were going God. I'm and so jealous and I can't believe I thought it was France now that makes sense you're in Germany <laughs> I was in Germany yeah well I could see how it could be easily confused but um anyway that really introduced me to a sort of a way of self-care and a way of tending to health and beauty that felt really really good I was already pretty anxious as a kid and I noticed it like I felt like different, better, more relaxed, um, sort of after doing these things. And also very randomly, there was a we had, when we moved from Canada, there was an expat community that sort of came with us. And one of the women was a yoga teacher and wanted to teach a, like a yoga series for the other expats. This was in like 1995. And I begged my mom to go. So at 12 years old, I was taking like my first sort of like intro to yoga series and just loved it. Like I've always been really attracted to things that make me feel good in my body, things that help to release stress, things that help with, um, you know, primarily mental health, but also physical, because of course, so intertwined. But I think really my anxiety from a young age had me like very cramped up and tensed um, within myself. But always attracted to, again, like things that are more natural, things that feel good. And I had acne as a tween. I started breaking out terribly once the hormones kicked in. And my mom sent me to the dermatologist and very luckily it was a dermatologist who, I don't know if he would, we would say he had a holistic approach, but certainly wasn't like eager to write a prescription for antibiotics. Instead had me come into the office for facials with this like really lovely esthetician once a week after school. Andrea Harich is her name. I've thought about her and like trying to find her and like thank wow. her because that was my first introduction to like receiving a facial like that. And that was at a very young age. And 
it just felt so nice and I felt so cared for and everything was so clean and smelled good. And I was just so into it. So then I would have my friends over to the house where we happened to have the sauna in the basement and I would host spa night. And um, the the products that I was into at the time, granted, like this was like, you know, mid to late nineties was the body shop. And I just thought that it was like the coolest thing that they had these sort of like, you know, natural seeming ingredients and called out botanicals. And so I had the whole tea tree oil range and would make all my friends do masks with it. And I would do this little massage on their faces. Um, I had a book that had a pressure point massage in the back. It was an aromatherapy book that I'd gotten for my birthday, which is wow. what I asked for as like this young person. And oh how old are you at this, this point? Like you were so 12? I must have, I must, I mean, I must have been like a tween. It's all, it's oh. all kind of foggy, but yeah. um, I loved this pressure point massage and would practice it on my friends. Like they, we, they would take turns sort of laying their head in my lap on a pillow and I would like, you know, do their little facial massage one at a time. Um, oh they still joke about it today. And so my career was like a very natural progression of all of yeah. this. And um, initially as an esthetician, I just sort of had to like work where I could get a job. I was young. I was uh, 21, 2021, 20, and like really had no life skills, you know, beyond having gone to beauty school and like learned facials. So I was really slim pickings until I started to, um, you know, gain a better skill set. And from that place was able to start to navigate towards um, spas that use naturals, really sort of talked them into bringing in more naturals mm -hmm. and built my career to the place where I could finally kind of do, do skincare the way I wanted to. And within that, there was a whole journey as well of sort of noticing, okay, people are coming in for a facial once a month. We're doing like the cleanse, steam, extract, mask, and then they come back the next month and I'm literally, I feel like it's Groundhog Day doing the same thing over and over. Like we're not yeah. actually like shifting the needle in the long run. We're just sort of like coming back to the same baseline and maintaining. And I got really curious about how we could actually create more ongoing sustained change towards health and vitality and create like real lasting shifts. And my own health journey with autoimmunity and chronic illness led me to um, get really curious about nutrition. So I did IIN. I think it was the first year that it was online, wow. um, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, mm -hmm. and completed that program and really got to like explore a lot of different dietary theories and start to explore the connection between food and skin. And after... Um, I also studied then with a functional nutritionist for two years after that and sort of had like a little like side practice going on with health coaching. I only ever really worked with um, like a few dozen clients at most and really noticed that I prefer touching people over talking to them for the yeah. most part. And that there's so much psychology involved when it comes to food. And I didn't really feel equipped to go there with people. However, it enabled me to start having this conversation in facials um, where if I was, you know, working with someone, you know, with whatever skin issue, we could have a little conversation about their food and lifestyle that I wasn't previously really equipped to have. Um, you know, if someone has acne and we're working on it and working on it from the outside, hey, 
are you eating dairy? Hey, are you having daily bowel movements? Let's like, let's get into this convo here. Um, and same thing with, you know, some other skin issues to just to be able to uh, assess, you know, what could maybe shift some easy shifts and tweaks. And then if people need more support, more handholding, you know, being able to refer them to a naturopath or a nutritionist or a health coach who could really take them there. But even just being able to have these small conversations and point things out um, really started to make a difference. And, you know, that connection of, you know, health is beauty, wellness is beauty, you know, really being able to cultivate that vitality from within, bringing in, you know, nutrients, antioxidants, the right kinds of fats and oils to really support our entire system and our skin from the inside out, um, as well as looking at, you know, maybe what could be removed, what are people willing to remove to decrease, um, you know, their sugar, their toxic load, their alcohol, whatever it may be that wasn't promoting optimal health in their system. From that point, uh, facial massage then really started to be the thing that I was curious about. Of course, I was curious of that, about that from a very young age, you know, having my little pressure point massage that I would do. But it was sort of the missing link. You know, if you've got all these beautiful products you're coming, you're putting on from the outside, and then you're able to have a bit of this conversation about optimizing what's inside... The facial massage really helps to bridge the gap between the two, right? So if you're eating beautiful foods and like you've got all of these nutrients, but things are very stagnant in the musculature of the face, if the fascia is all stuck, if you know things aren't moving properly in the body, the neck and the face, um, then you're not going to get optimal circulation of those nutrients to the skin. Um, and so by starting to release tension, improve lymphatic flow. Um, we're able to utilize the body's own natural resources and start to just kind of give it a nudge in the direction that it already wants to go anyway, rather than, you know, working against it, fighting against the tissue, which is what so many, um, you know, modalities and topicals want to do. It's really working with the body's innate intelligence and just kind of giving it a little boost along the way, as well as um, offering something that feels really, really good and benefits, you know, the entire system, as well as I find our mental health when we're able to relax, let go, release tension and receive tender care. Yeah, I feel like there's, so, there's so much in there that you just unpacked. And I, I think that one thing that you mentioned, that's really great that you went to IIN and then felt equipped to have those conversations while people were having their facials. Because I think a lot of the times people who go to see a specific nutritionist or health coach for that reason, um, sometimes like you kind of feel on, on the defense maybe, or it just is a different type of consultation than just like feeling really relaxed and being in that space with you. And then um, maybe it's just like a different way of hearing, oh, hey, like, okay, you're experiencing a lot of acne. Like, do you eat a lot of dairy or, or whatever it is? Um, and in a way where it just feels like it's softer and more gentle and not something you're not trying to tell them what to do, but maybe they can hear it in a different way. So I love that you did that. And I think that's so, so wonderful for the people that you see. And also I'm curious, like, because Wildling has such incredible ingredients, is that, do you think that 
like going to IIN was what inspired you to really be um, more, pay more attention to the ingredients that you use? Or do you think it happened even before that? Because I think you can go to the best spas in the world that use natural stuff, but they still will have like some sort of, you know, preservative or whatever it is that I would say that your brand doesn't use. Yeah, I was definitely curious about naturals before IIN, and it's sort of always been what I've been drawn to. Um, I was using, what was it, Dr. Alkaitis, uh, or Alkaitis, I never know about the pronunciation, mm-hmm. um, over, I think it was like 13 years ago now. So I really, once I was wow. able to work on my own, like wanted to use something organic, something natural, something that looked and smelled like food and plants and herbs rather than um, like a white cream that I, you know, was kind of unsure about like what what's actually in here? Why doesn't this yeah. have color? And yeah, so that's always been what I've drawn to. And I also attribute that to growing up where I did, where there was more of a wellness focus and think like naturals were just part of the culture. It wasn't new or trendy. It was actually sort of more going back to the roots. And um, I would get chronic ear infections when I was a kid. Once we moved to Germany, rather than getting on the same old antibiotics I would always take previously, uh, the doctor gave me a prescription for like specific teas and like had me do like certain temperature baths at home. And so like that always just like using herbs, using plants that really kind of stuck with me and was just what I was also naturally attracted to. Um, And then of course it, you know, everything's just so validated when you start to learn more about ingredients and, um, you know, things that might be in products that you're putting on your skin that you don't necessarily want penetrating and um, going into the body really at some level. Yeah. Now with Wildling, I was just very, very blessed to connect with two like-minded souls that have very different skill sets than I do. So my co-founder, Jill, who you met as well with the curly hair, mm-hmm. um, she is our former and she has a background of decades, over 20 years in product development, and also has um, studied Western herbalism. And so she formulates our products. And again, it was just like a very dreamy synergy of people that see things similarly and are coming to the table with different skills. This week's episode is sponsored by Odemont, which is tomato spelled backwards. Founded in 2018 when entrepreneur and foodie Andrew Suzuka created a flavorful sauce his picky eater daughter just couldn't get enough of, Odemont is the perfect way to add a nutritious boost to your family's go-to meals. If you've ever tried looking for an organic tomato sauce, you will know just how difficult it is to come by because tomatoes are typically found to have high levels of pesticides and herbicides, which is why I'm so happy to have finally found and able to share with you all a trusted brand that can be purchased in a pinch at your local Whole Foods store. It's also available in a fiber-rich and dairy-free vodka sauce. And as always, We love sharing special promotions just for our fullest fam. So for 10% off your order at odomontfoods.com, use code THEFULLEST at checkout. I want to get into the the Botox aspect of things then because I think like I live in a place and here in Southern California, we live in a place that's and all over the world. I think anti-aging is 
one of the number one things I think when you're younger, maybe it's like acne and then it turns into anti-aging. And, and now that anti-aging conversation is um, happening when people are younger and younger. And I hear about 16 year olds getting Botox as a preventative. And I just like, I'm also, I come from a Persian family that absolutely loves surgery and Botox and fillers and like, so, and I love my family, you know, but it's just something that I personally never uh, felt called to do. And I don't think that I would ever do. And so I, I want to hear what you have to say about that. And like, obviously not here to shame anyone, just, I think that it's really important for people to have the real like story when it comes to things like injections and what's going on in our bodies and how that affects us like long term. Yeah, and I think my sort of views on aging and women aging uh, is also very much informed by those sort of formative years that I spent living in Germany and there just may be being a different attitude towards what an aging woman's face looks like and having that be okay. Um, And it can also be that things have shifted, you know, since the nineties, I'm not sure, but, um, but at the same time, like, I don't want to interrupt, but I like, okay. So when you said you were 12 in 1995, I was like, Oh, I was five. So like, I was like, okay, Brenda's 37. She looks like I, you look amazing. So yes, I a hundred percent agree. And I, I think that's part of it is like the conversation. And then obviously what you're doing is like a testament to the way you've lived your life to like how you look. So that con combination is important, but so I kind of want to get into both like the conversation around it and like changing the perspective, like what you said, and then also kind of going into like what you recommend when when people are coming to you saying, you know, this is what I've done forever, but actually it doesn't resonate with me anymore. What else, what can I do differently? Yeah, absolutely. And yes, I am 37 and thank you. (laughs) Um, Yeah. As far as Botox and like, that's shocking that you've heard of a 16 year old getting preventative. That's wild. That beats um, the youngest client I've had was 21 who had a whole lot of Botox. Um, as a preventative and also so that she was less expressive, uh, according to her acting teacher, this would be good for her. So, um, I know, I know. I've just, again, always been personally really drawn to the naturals and therefore in my practice really wanted to sort of seek out practices that were going to be really rejuvenating and really promote this health and vitality of the tissue without chemicals. Um, Well, chemicals is a loaded word because everything's a chemical, but without toxins, without treatments that were really invasive and potentially harmful or not sustainable to the skin, psyche, environment, whatever. And that's where like facial massage got really interesting to me, you know, by relaxing these muscles um, that we make with, you know, expression again and again and again, which is also, of course, what Botox does, the botulism toxin A, um, you know, sort of creates this paralysis effect. And I'm not a scientist, I'm not a researcher, but from what I have um, learned is that the toxicity sort of, or the, um, 
potential for side effects rather, really increases after about the 10th round. And there are no very long-term studies done on Botox in the body um, over time with repetitive and cumulative use, how that can affect the system. And it's something that I've personally never really entertained because I have so many chronic health issues. I have Hashimoto's and I have chronic Epstein-Barr virus. And um, a lot of my life is sort of centered around just sort of trying to be as well as I can be in spite of these things that are, um, you know, really kind of bringing my energy down and overloading my system. And I do know clients and I know many other people who have reported the same from clients that have had autoimmune flares um, and sort of uh, reactivations of chronic illness from Botox injections. So for me, it's always been off the table. And again, for myself, also an area where I really want to seek out and explore, like, what can I do that's in harmony with my body? And the beautiful thing about facial gua sha is that it does help to, you know, relax the muscles that we are constantly using in expression, the furrowed brow, the locked jaw, um, these different things that we sort of do with our faces throughout the day. It's also at the same time promoting so much health throughout the entire system, you know, communicating to our nervous system that it's okay to rest and relax. It helps to get us back into the parasympathetic. We've gotten so, so, so many DMs from people saying things like they're sleeping better when they do facial quasha before bed. They feel more relaxed. They feel like they're more in their body and connected to themselves after doing a facial quasha ritual. And so that's like really what gets like so juicy and interesting to me. It's like, okay, we're doing this thing for our appearance to look, um, you know, less worried, more youthful, have health and vitality in the skin. But then there's this whole other like beautiful, juicy, phenomenal layer of coming home to oneself and really like actually caring for oneself tenderly and all of the benefits that come with that. Do you do it in the morning and in the evening? No, and we actually only recommend once a day. Um, okay. Yeah, um, so morning or evening, whenever people have more time. Um, I really like evening as an unwind after, like, you know, washing my face, putting some product on for slip and glide, getting my wildling tonic and oil going, and then performing the facial gua sha ritual. And the products are so beautiful too with the tonic, you know, you've got the sweet fern, like you were talking about the ingredients are so natural and beautiful. The sweet fern comes from certified organic land in Quebec and it's wild harvested and fresh pressed. So it's like this fresh pressed sweet fern juice that you've got going on the face, these plant waters. And that's already very stimulating to the lymphatic system. You've got the damask rose and you've got some Douglas fir going in too. And it's kind of like a little breath of nature. So that sort of gets the ritual going, especially when I used to live in New York. I would just so, so deeply appreciate um, these very natural products that helped me feel a little bit more connected to nature, even if I was like in a high rise building. And so it really kind of begins like the sensory experience with the tonic. And then we've got the Empress Oil with the Balm of Gilead that has so many benefits for just about every skin type from breakout prone to, um, you know, concerned about aging and lack of vitality. It really benefits all of them. So that's something that's cool about 
Botox and facial gua sha, not Botox, what I'm saying, <laughs> about facial gua sha and our products, not about Botox, um, is that they're very universal. So they're you know, pretty beneficial for just about every skin type, save a few, regardless of skin tone, background, gender. Um, it's really just, you know, folks that have really inflamed acne that it's not going to be beneficial for it to have that stone gliding over the skin. Um, really? Why? Oh, because, um, you know, the skin is inflamed and often there's, you know, uh, cysts or whiteheads and you really just want to um, do more pressure point style work for um, that kind of person. That's my experience. And also just uh, what's generally recommended, you know, with skin inflammation, you don't want to be rubbing. That also includes like sunburn, um, like big rosacea flare, you wouldn't go over the areas that are inflamed. So anytime there's skin inflammation, you stay away. But especially um, for acne, we want to stay off the face with the uh, gua sha. Our Empress Wand is really great because you're getting into more pressure point style work. So especially most of my clients, um, I would say 90% that have issues with acne also have a lot of tension in the jaw. So that's going to restrict optimal flow of lymphatic drainage and, um, you know, just not promote the movement of the stagnation out of the tissue. So using that wand to do more pressure point style work, release jaw tension. If there's areas on the masseter muscle, on the jaw muscle that don't have active breakouts, you know, just parking that little tool right there, it's sort of shaped um, like a, almost looks like a little dolphin but if you like curved your index finger and just sort of like poke the the tip of your index finger into your jaw muscle you get an idea of what's happening with the stone of course you're able to use a lot more pressure and the stone doesn't get tired like a finger would um and using that wherever someone can to release tension and promote circulation is going to be beneficial for the skin to help again move out that stagnation um, and excess heat yeah i mean the more i like learn about this stuff it's really all about like circulation and drainage and just getting things moving in your body so it makes sense like stagnation can cause all that and cause acne and everything so that's interesting and even like I mean, I feel like there are areas like if someone has acne, I always thought along their chin or maybe jawline, then it's like from stress. But it, so then it could also be from just like not properly draining. Combination. Yeah, I think I, I definitely see both. And as you were saying, like, yes, like the, the sort of circulation and flow and moving what's stagnant, you know, is sort of, you know, one of these, these general principles from Chinese medicine, which is where gua sha comes from traditional Chinese medicine. It's the same, you know, on the body, body gua sha is much more vigorous, but it's like, you're wanting to move stagnation to promote healing. And in some cases, you know, um, relief from pain in you know, muscles of the back, that kind of thing. Uh, and with the face also, we really just want to promote, again, like healthy blood flow to the skin, bringing that nutrient-rich, oxygen-rich blood to the skin, healthy drainage, removing any lymphatic stagnation, puffiness that helps to sort of detoxify the skin from the inside out. It's the the, the sewage system of our tissues. Um, 
working the lymphatic system. And so there's so many benefits with that. And that actually really over time can help to reduce blackheads, breakouts, the severity and duration of breakouts. If someone just has a few breakouts, they can still absolutely do facial gua sha. They would just work around those specific areas. Um, it's really when we have like more denser acne over larger areas that it gets tricky. But yes, um, along the jawline towards the ears, I've observed a lot of folks that are really stressed out and especially um, experiencing adrenal fatigue tend to break out there more. Um, and it can, of course, be hormonal as well once we get into like the adrenals and like the whole our whole all of our hormones working together is like a house of cards like once one goes out like the other ones are sort of teetering yeah. um, but the the drainage can definitely affect like the area of outer jaw sort of by the ear as well and that's an interesting thing I've observed in clients when I start to work with them regularly with um, facial gua sha and other manual lymphatic drainage techniques and have them doing these types of things at home too is that I have seen the acne start to kind of migrate and not because we're moving bacteria topically but because the areas of stagnation are sort of moving out then towards um, the ear and outer jaw. And it's it's actually really cool to observe. And it's sort of like, okay, great. It's on its way out. Like we're starting to really get that stagnation moving. Yeah. And that's generally something that's more over time than immediate. Um, you know, there are both immediate and cumulative results with facial gua sha. Um, so you really, you can see, especially if someone's not doing any facial massage or facial gua sha, you can see results pretty quickly after a session, you'll, people can notice like a big shift, but then it's really sort of over time, that cumulative, um, working with the tissue, releasing stagnation, releasing the muscles, improving flow that will actually shift that needle towards lasting change, yeah. um, that I was so curious to find and actually changing how the skin will age over time because it's not having all of those same blocks that it would. For example, if um, like I have terrible posture, I think a lot of people do, but if I, if I never, you know, practiced yoga or stretched or anything and just had this sort of uh, poor posture throughout the day, my body is going to age really differently if I'm doing stretches and yoga versus if I'm not. And yeah. so the same thing, um, with the face and that's sort of how it can act as an alternative to something like Botox. It's not going to be the same because we are not paralyzing the area. You can still have expression. You're just relaxing those muscles and improving the health of that tissue on a regular basis. So if someone is really, really, really a chronic furrower, for example, um, they're still going to, you know, have to start to retrain a little bit. You know, if they notice they're really furrowing their eyebrows for whatever reason to start to become aware of that, take a deep breath, let it go, brush your shoulders off and continue yeah. on. I like that because I think it's like your body, just as your body informs you, your face informs you of like what you're going through. So like what you just said really makes sense. I mean, if someone's furrowing, like yes, doing that. So you do the work of like stretching it or moving it and um, getting circulation and flow, but then also looking into like why. And like, like you said, retraining, because I think that's such a beautiful way of looking at it rather than maybe like a more passive approach to like just getting rid of it. And then I also like I've heard with people talking about when you paralyze your facial expressions and, and then it, 
really makes a difference when you're communicating with other people, whether they're adults um, or they're children and really like babies are not really understanding like expression is such a big part of even how our like thinking about how we speak to other people and how our body like holds on to trauma and how we release it. Like we almost, I I've heard this before. I want to hear if this is true. I mean, I don't know if obviously this is in your realm, but like how we express ourselves also helps us like, um, emotionally go through like what we're feeling. Right. Yeah. That's so cool. And I'm not like the most informed about this, but I'm very, very curious about it and have heard, um, as you were saying as well, that there is a piece that can kind of get missed, um, in communication. Um, you know, when you're face to face with someone and, you know, talking about an emotional experience or they're sharing something just that things start to get lost. Um, and there's actually a really interesting conversation I listened to that, uh, touched on that as well as a lot on the research around the side effects of Botox. Um, and I'll give you the information for that. If you feel like linking it, um, it's with, uh, Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, um, who is a researcher and kind of breaks down a lot of the information around Botox. So that's where I've gotten a lot of my information because again, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a researcher. So I, got my information from someone who is, Mm -hmm. um, who's able to, you know, go through studies and understand what's going on. And that, that sort of communication, um, and empathy piece was one of the things that was mentioned. Um, yeah, I don't know. I know there are also actually studies sort of like this would be in a more positive light showing that, you know, I think I don't remember actually if it was anxiety or depression being improved by receiving Botox. Wow. to me, that's interesting because it's like, well, okay, great. So you're not making the expression that you would make if you were worried or sad and you're not experiencing those emotions to the same level. And I wonder if this is only available with Botox or if perhaps releasing the muscles regularly like we do with facial massage and facial gua sha can also help us feel better emotionally. Like totally. is- the neurotoxin required to have that kind of benefit. And of course, it's much harder to have studies on something like facial massage where nobody's financially benefiting. Um, So maybe we don't know, but I know, again, that the experience that I have and that a lot of people tell us about is that they feel better after releasing the muscles of the face. I know definitely after receiving a facial, um, you know, at my studio, clients like again and again and again would just be like, oh my God, like I haven't felt this <laughs> relaxed in like, you know, however long. Um, totally. and, just, and like, sorry to interrupt, it's just, it makes so much sense because not only are you like receiving those benefits that maybe like Botox would give someone, but also you're, um, you're experiencing like the healing touch from another human. So I, I feel like just having that experience with you and also a friend of mine for her bridal shower, I actually did like these um, lymphatic, like facial massages for 
the whole like group of people, we had someone come and my friend who was the bride, she was like, I had the craziest bowel movement afterwards. And she could not stop talking about how like in a really good way, she just felt so good. And I was really impressed with just how quickly things move, like you said. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. And like, yes, to echo the power of touch and receiving and how beneficial that is for like our, our minds, bodies, spirits. And that's one of the things that's like tragically kind of unavailable to many during this time. Um, But like all the more reason to like kind of learn to do what we can on ourselves, you know, if that's possible. And that's kind of the beauty of at home facial gua sha kits is doing it yourself. And also, yeah, so cool with the the drainage and the bowel movement. And yeah, clients would so often have to like jump off the table and pee after facials um, that involve lymphatic drainage. And then there's also the benefit of like, oh, hey, you're actually getting into your parasympathetic nervous system, rest and guess what, digest. And all of the sort of maintenance functions of the body are going to be performing better when you're in this like state of relaxation, parasympathetic versus fight or flight or the more sympathetic nervous system where you're activated and it doesn't have to be necessarily like you know the dimmer switch is on full bright like you're like actually fighting or fleeing or in this like crazy stressful situation but even when we're just like kind of like really more on throughout the day like our bodies aren't doing so many of these internal maintenance functions cellular repair detoxification um all of these kinds of things that's why also like when a woman's like super stressed out, she might not get her period um, because these things just aren't important when the body thinks it's in survival mode. So that's kind of the other beautiful thing about whether it's receiving a facial treatment or any kind of like deeply relaxing treatment or doing your facial fascia at home. It's like, yes, the all of the actions of it are so beneficial, but even just getting into your parasympathetic nervous system, that feeling of like getting back into your body more, getting a bit more relaxed is going to help all of the functions of your body that support healthy, vibrant, glowing skin. Yeah. I want to talk with you because I think there are a lot of people that are listening to this that are of the age that you know, they're looking to have a different perspective on anti-aging and they're looking to implement these practices as they go on to, um, you know, get older. And, but then we also have a group of women that might be interested in this conversation because they might understand that something like Botox isn't beneficial for them, especially maybe after looking into um, what you've mentioned with that doctor and and we'll be linking that here in the notes but I think that there's like this disconnect between us knowing that something is like really bad for us potentially I mean we know that it is and then and then and not wanting to do it but then also feeling like okay but I want immediate results I do feel like I'm older I didn't implement these practices when I was younger yes I can implement them now but I feel like you know, our society just wants everything instantly. And so what are some things? I know that there are so many other things we can do, like um, facial acupuncture. And, um, and I've heard of like threading. So I'm curious what your thoughts on that. 
things that maybe someone feels like they can implement that are more natural while they get a routine like this going um, that I think would be really beneficial for our audience. Yeah. And I, I don't actually have like a, a strong opinion on threading. It's not something I've looked into. Um, I do know that, you know, it starts to get a little bit dicey doing like deep facial massage when people have threads in the face, um, because you don't really want to be moving them so much. And it's the same, um, you know, with injections as well. Um, we don't do facial massage over areas that have been injected, um, and are still sort of having the, uh, results of that. So whether it's an area that's, um, frozen from Botox, um, you can do light work over it, but it will actually make it wear off faster. So most people opt to work around that area once, um, it's safe after a period of time. And with filler, you don't want to work over it at all with facial gua sha. You want to just leave that where it's meant to be. Um, and of course, you know, as you said in the beginning too, like no judgment, regardless of like what people want to choose is like the best thing for them personally. Uh, now, if someone does want to change things around, like you were saying, is in this position of like, okay, what can I do now? Um, definitely starting an at-home facial gua sha routine. Um, you know, gua sha, I would say like every day, except for a few days a month where you let your skin rest consecutively, um, but really starting to get into that and releasing and retraining and optimizing the circulation. If there is a practitioner in your area who does this kind of work with facials, facial massage, facial gua sha, or facial acupuncture, all are so incredibly beautiful. Um, and then of course, taking care of the body period, right? Making sure you're getting enough sleep. And this is, you know, coming from my experience working on really, really, really stressed out women, primarily women, um, in New York for 15 years is, you know, people would be coming in kind of like asking, what can I do? You know, I'm noticing, you know, lines are deepening. I'm noticing my face is looking different when I'm looking in the mirror. I want to like, I want to work on this. What can I do? And of course, New York is like the stress capital of the world. But um, I think this could probably also apply other areas. So if I inquired about hydration, how much water are you drinking in a day? You know, are they drinking enough water to hydrate themselves from the inside out, keep those skin cells plump, keep the lymph flowing and not sort of turning into a more dense gel, um, keep the bowels moving, all of this. How's the hydration? How's the sleep? Because beauty rest is called that for a reason. You know, if someone's only sleeping five hours a night, um, six hours a night, they're not going to get that rejuvenation required. Um, you know, maybe if there are a lot of things like excess sugars, alcohol, um, foods in the diet that you just know, like, aren't really helping your body be its healthiest, most vibrant self. Um, thinking about, you know, turning the dial down on those. And I'm not, I think you've talked about this as well. I, I don't know if we've talked about it, but like, I am, 
I am so not strict about diet. Um, I think that, you know, different things are going to work for different people and the the rules are not written in stone. And, you know, we're also always evolving and what works for us during one season or one year might need to shift for another. And obviously from person to person, but across the board, we know that like having tons of sugar, having tons of processed food, having tons of alcohol, like are not going to serve your health on any level, whether that's mental, physical, um, or your skin. And so, you know, looking at these kind of basic things, um, optimizing health in the body, allowing, you know, creating a lifestyle that allows for rejuvenation because anything else is really, um, just going to be a bandaid fix on its own. And it's so important for, you know, kind of like the long-term health and vitality to get those lifestyle pieces in place. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I love that. And I, I agree. It, it is a holistic approach and it's important to remember that. And and like you said, it goes back to the basics like sleep and water and like walking and guasha to get things moving. But I I really appreciate you and, and all you're doing in this space. And I I know you just have so much experience with people and and that's really what's inspired you to share with everyone the line that you've created and the information that you have. And I, I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much. It's been so fun chatting and sharing. And I hope it's helpful and inspiring to someone out there. Yeah, it, and I really was inspired. And, and it reminded me to just, you know, honor my body, especially as I go on to age and and now having kids too. I just feel like I get it. Like I get why moms just like end up feeling like they age so fast because there's just like a whole nother level of emotions that you go through. I think about Obama all the time. I'm like, oh my God, that poor man. <laughs> like <laughs> that, like before, after was crazy. And I, I think about it all the time and I just think, but how beautiful that he looked, you know, afterwards too. And, and just how graceful we can be as we age. And, and so I appreciate having that conversation with you. Thank you so much, Britta. 